left fielders. Welcome to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Essentially, if my syndications are advisor and the performance of those syndications is also tracked because I need to see it in advisor, if I can share my information anonymously with other people in advisor and then create this sort of crowdsourced data source of all the information that people have invested in these syndications and then essentially rank the syndicators between just based on the performance of other people without blocking any data, without hiding any information. And then sort of you can build this like endless data source that has zero conflict of interest that you can make better decisions out of. And then you can also communicate with an advisor, with people that invest in a specific operator and sort of learn from their experience. Or if there's a deal flow that's coming in and you want to ask questions from people that have experienced a similar deal flow from other sponsors or operators, you can then communicate. And it's anonymous, but it's based on historic performance. Since you are here listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're investing with a group of people. Whether you're investing with family or friends or like-minded people in the left field investors community, group investing is a strategy that can get you into more deals, help you diversify, and go beyond what you can achieve by yourself. Before TribeVest came along, it was difficult to overcome all the hurdles associated with group investing. It was basically a strategy reserved for the wealthy, not anymore. Now, TribeVest helps your group with everything from incorporation, collaboration, banking, and equity management tools all in a single place, so you can focus on building wealth with the people you know, like, and trust. I'm using TribeVest for all five, now six, of my investor tribes. It's a game changer. Check them out at TribeVest.com. You are listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast, powered by TribeVest. The mission of Left Field Investors is to build a community of like-minded individuals interested in creating financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. In this podcast, Jim Piper will interview passive investors, syndicators, and others who will share their journey with a focus on helping the passive real estate investor learn and become part of the Left Field community. This is Ryan Gibson from Spartan Investment Group, and you're listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. I'm really excited today to have Litan Yahav with us. He is the co-founder of Visor, a wealth management tool designed to monitor and track all of the standard finance asset classes, but it also has been optimized to track syndication investments, which is something I'm super excited about. Visor is the place where investors can control their wealth and plan their future, and so we're really excited to have Litan with us. Thanks for being here and welcome to Passive Investing from Left Field. For sure. Listen, Jim, I'm super excited. This is my first podcast, to be honest, and I got my water, my coffee, and I'm set. So I really appreciate you having me here. I'm excited to sort of share my journey investing and what led us sort of to build Visor. I love what you guys are doing at Left Field Investors. I've been following you guys for a while, so great job on that. Yeah, well, thank you. I am glad you're in first podcast. We'll get the jitters out. It'll be easy because all you got to do is talk about yourself and Visor. So our first question that I always ask is, tell us about your journey, the financial part of your journey. I know that you had a startup and an exit, and then that kind of is what led to Visor. But talk about how you went through all that whole journey there. I'm going to go a little more back in time. So just like give you a little personal background about myself. I'm 40 years old. 
I'm on the older side of tech founders. I married three kids, was born in the States, moved to Israel actually when I was a kid, was in the Navy for six years, then went to school here, founded my last startup about 11 years ago with my current co-founder in a very weird industry, right? The diamond and jewelry industry. And what we did was develop hardware and software for photographing and displaying diamonds online for trading them. So it was this like insane business that totally re-standardized the way diamonds are traded around the world. And we were really lucky to have an amazing team and great investors and scale that to the point where today it's the standard for diamond photography and imagery around the world. So almost every diamond around the world goes through our technology today. We sold the company back in 2015 to a US company called jamesallen.com, which sells engagement rings online. Stayed on for a few more years. And in 2018, me and Tomer, my co-founder, decided to move on. At that point, we were about 250 employees with five offices around the world and essentially photographing all the diamonds in the world. And the reason I'm giving this background is because back in 2015, when we sold the company, we didn't make tens of millions of dollars in this exit, but we made enough money to sort of start our journey of investing, managing the money on our own, getting exposed to numerous people and companies that approached us and offered to manage their, our money with them and everything that's sort of associated with that. And at that point, we said, we're going to just do this on our own. Like, how complicated could it be? Because we're tech founders, we're also pretty risk taker. Like, we take risks. And so we just dove in and started to research where to put our money, how to invest. And in Israel, the cool thing is every second person in Israel basically invests in real estate syndications abroad. So... We always laughed that like an Israeli who has $50,000 free cash will go and buy an apartment in Berlin, right? And they'll never see it. They just, they know a guy and that guy knows a guy. That's how basically our journey started. So we spoke with friends who spoke, who connected with other friends. And we just started to deploy capital in real estate syndications in the US and in Europe, just through good friends of ours or good friends of good friends of ours. And just started to build a portfolio of like alternative investments and more conservative stuff as well. And fast forward a few years down the road, I'd say about two, three years ago, we were in a situation where we had multiple real estate syndications, cash flow coming in, capital calls going out, multiple bank accounts, and a spreadsheet that just grew insane. Now, don't get me wrong, right? These are good problems to have. I'm not complaining for a second, but even these problems are problems, right? And because we're in tech, we decided, hey, I mean, this doesn't make any sense. Just build ourselves a software to automate the process of tracking our investments, tracking the cash flow, planning and automating as much as possible because we made money, but we didn't want to work at managing our money. And so we built this product for ourselves. And then during the process, a bunch of friends and family wanted to use it as well. And then we took a minute and said, wait, there might be like this epiphany where there might be more people out there that might use this, what might need this as well and get value out of what we're building. And then we took a few months to sort of research the world and understand like what's out there. What are people like us using, this was like three years ago, using sort of streamline that investment tracking process. And after a few months of speaking with hundreds of people around the world, but also in the US, we sort of reached this sort of a conclusion that there are millions of people like us that have to decide between two alternatives. One is to build a crazy spreadsheet and maintain it, and then use Dropbox or Google Drive to log all the documents and all that stuff. And the other alternative is just to pay someone tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to do it for them. And at that moment, we say, all right, we need to solve this. And so we found Advisor, and this was about a year and a half ago. And we set out to sort of solve that. So that's sort of like the background story for how we reached Advisor. 
I mean, as of today, we do not have spreadsheets anymore. We do not use Google Drive, Dropbox, and we get a lot more value just using our own platform. That's fantastic. As you know, I've used it and I have to be honest, I haven't completely ditched my spreadsheet yet. I'm putting things in both places just because I'm a cautious, nervous guy, but I'm days away from ditching the spreadsheet. And you know, I'm a big fan. I love Visor and it just makes everything so much easier. But I, I want to go back a little bit. You said it's because you're a tech founder, but when you decided to go on your own rather than a wealth manager, when you had had an exit and you had some money, what was the thinking behind that? Obviously, it got you into real estate. Maybe the wealth managers wouldn't have put you there. But what was the thinking behind, yeah, we're just going to go do it on our own? Because I would think when you're coming into a big exit like that, like you said, you're going to have a lot of people contacting you saying, hey, here's where you put your money. That's a great question. I think it's a combination of multiple factors. One of them is the fact when you have so many alternatives, it makes it even more difficult to choose between them and you just don't choose any of them and go on your own. That's, I think, one driver. But the other is is also the fact that most of these wealth managers, especially for people that are in, in our segment, like don't have tens of millions, are usually very focused on the financial markets. So like some sort of asset allocation in the financial tradable markets and sort of looking to achieve Today, I call mediocre returns with no like sort of a risk-taking approach that made sense for us. And we're in wealth creation mode, right? And in wealth creation mode, we're looking to take more risks and generate more wealth. And I think when you work with a financial professional, they're in this catch-22 because at one hand, they want to give you value and they want to grow your money, but they're never going to take too much risk because that'll risk them losing your money. And then that's really bad for their reputation, right? And this is just, I'm a non-financial person. I don't want to disrespect any wealth manager, financial professionals out there. This is just like my, our approach and the way we saw it. And so we just decided, well, we'll just have sort of like a managed account in some brokerage account that we can leverage in some sort of index and stuff like that. And then the rest of our money that we want to risk will just be put into the more alternative stuff like real estate, private equity, crypto, startups, and stuff like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Then having a foot in both worlds, right? Like you're in the US, you're in Israel throughout your life. Was it easier for you, do you think, to go into the alternative investments, real estate? Because as you said, one of every two people in Israel, they're already investing in syndications overseas. So did that give you a head start in confidence? Because I know people starting in the US, they walk out their front door and they can't find anyone doing anything but the 401k in the stock market. So everyone thinks, ooh, syndication, scary, bad. What are they? But it seems like you probably had a head start on that because you didn't have those feelings. This sort of goes into the structure of how the Israeli financial system and retirement system is built. So in Israel, you don't have a choice to have a 401k or anything like that. It's mandatory. So an employer has to deposit funds for you in a retirement account and you have to deposit funds into that same retirement account. You don't have a choice. And so I think the mindset of most Israelis is such that we feel that we're taken care of. Like, all right, our retirement is built, is sort of our retirement accounts are being built. We can't do anything about it. And so any excess cash, there's never a, a dilemma whether to put it in a retirement account, like similar to 401k or IRA, because that's what we're taken care of. And so like, what do you do with the excess cash? And there are other types of products that are similar to products in the US, but they aren't defined as retirement stuff. And another thing is that Israelis aren't that aware of the tax benefits involved in investing like Americans are, because not every Israeli has to file their own taxes, as opposed to in the US, everyone files a tax return. So you don't really think about it. You just have cash in the bank and you want to deploy it. And you're hearing people that are making a lot of money in tech and making a lot of money in real estate and you want to cut of that as well. And so 
you take the risk and put some money in. And there's a lot of fraud out there, right? There's a lot of scammers, a lot of people that are taking advantage of that because there's so much money flowing into the syndications in Israel. That's obviously led to a lot of, let's just put not the honest people. And so it's an advantage and a disadvantage, I guess. Yeah. One of the things we always talk about are sponsors and how do you find a sponsor that you know, like, and trust? And you're right. There are some scammers out there. How did you get comfortable with the syndicators you were using? And were they Israeli-based companies that were investing in the U.S.? Or did you go direct to the U.S. and invest with U.S. syndicators? Yeah, so at the beginning, it was only through Israelis. And I want to sort of like talk for a minute about the phrases you just mentioned, because there are three phrases or terminologies in real estate syndications that I've sort of been aware of over the past few years, which are like totally vague and overlapping and don't really mean much. Like there's a sponsor, and then there's a syndicator, and then there's the operator, right? And then on top of all of that, there's also the GP, like which one of them is what? And something you find, especially here in Israel, is that most of the Israelis that do real estate abroad, these GPs are the sponsors, or in other words, they're the middlemen. They find the operator, the reputable operator who has deal flow. So there's just the money in the deal. Sometimes they'll be co-GP, and sometimes, rarely, they're going to be the operator themselves. So I've invested with Israelis that are end-to-end. So like they're the sponsor, the syndicator, the operator. They're even the property manager. So they have foots on the ground of managing the actual properties. And I've been looking only for those lately in Israel and in the States. So just to answer your question, so I started, me and Tomer, my co-founder, started investing through Israelis that either are the sponsors or the operators in the US and in Europe as well. And a few years ago, I joined this group in the US called GoBundance, and I've invested with a few operators from GoBundance as well, just because it was very hard for me to find the find people I can trust. Right. Because in Israel, like I only invest with people that I know, people that I know who know other people. And so the trust level is very high and I know they're not going to screw me over. I mean, the deal might fall through and market might crash, but they're never going to lie to me or steal from me. And so I wanted to find a way or a place where there was going to be that level of trust. Because since I've been writing a little about investing in syndications online and stuff like that, I've been approached by operators and GPs online. Like I've been sent cold messages on LinkedIn and Facebook and say, hey, we have this deal. What do you think? And I'm like, how the hell do you even raise money from people like that? And I'm assuming there are people that answer that and will invest with these people without even knowing them. And for me, that was just very difficult. And so I've been just looking for ways to reach a level of trust that I'll be able to take that leap and invest with them. And it's part, right? That's the whole point of left field investors really is the community is to help other people meet the same quality sponsors that you're talking to, right? Because trust transfers. So if, if I know you're investing with someone and you had a good experience and you trust them and you recommend them to me, well, I'm still going to do all my due diligence on that sponsor. But that gives me a huge head start because now I know someone that I know, like, and trust. They've invested with that sponsor and they've had some good success so far. And so that's huge. So now that you're working with Visor, I want to dig down a little bit into Visor in a minute, but are there going to be any of those community aspects to Visor that would help people find sponsors or show what other people are investing in without, obviously there's privacy issues, but is there going to be a community aspect to it? For sure. Yeah. So that's one of the drivers that led us to build Visor because just like from those conversations that I had with operators or sponsors, just from these cold calls, I'd ask them, all right, can you guys give me a reference or references to people that have invested with you, other LPs? And then they'll give me names and phone numbers of other people. But then it's like, all right, but how do I know that these people were in good deals or bad deals? You're probably only going to give me the good deals, right? Because the bad ones I'll never hear about. And it's like, wait, but how do I get access to the bad deals as well? 
And so in Visor, we're building a sort of a functionality or another layer, basically, of transparent data. And obviously, people, they can opt out of it for sure. But essentially, if my syndications are in Visor, and the performance of those syndications is also tracked because I need to see it in Visor, if I can share my information anonymously with other people in Visor, and then create this sort of crowdsourced data source of all the information that people have invested in these syndications, and then essentially rank the syndicators between just based on the performance of other people without blocking any data, without hiding any information. And then sort of you can build this like endless data source that has zero conflict of interest that you can make better decisions out of. And then you can also communicate with an advisor with people that invest in a specific operator and sort of learn from their experience. Or if there's a deal flow that's coming in and you want to ask questions from people that have experienced a similar deal flow from other sponsors or operators, you can then communicate. And it's anonymous, but it's based on historic performance. So it's like, it should be the, like the best source of information for making those decisions. And this doesn't only have to do with like real estate syndications. It can be any type of fund, any type of private fund where the data or the information about those funds is, is sort of like you, you have, it's just unaccessible. And obviously there's issues like, yeah, there's non-disclosure agreements and there's stuff that you cannot share information with others. And that's why we'll give the ability to sort of opt out of stuff. But at the end of the day, we're building Visor for people like us, for LPs. I'm not giving service at any point to the GP. And so essentially, I don't know with them anything. We're going to stay true from today and going forward indefinitely on to LPs to ensure that we always are true to that cause. Hey, left fielders, this is Julian McClurkin. When I'm not on the court with the Harlem Globetrotters, I'm the chief storyteller for Tribe Vest. Now, you might be thinking, why would Tribe Vest hire a Globetrotter? <laughs> well, through my travels around the world, I've met so many amazing people and heard their incredible stories. And it's no different at TribeVest. My job is to share the stories of people investing together as a group, as a tribe. TribeVest allows groups to pool their capital, set up their LLCs and bank accounts, help with operating agreements, funding rounds, and so much more. Whether you're investing with other dads from your kid's preschool class or getting into real estate syndications with people around the country like LFI infielder Brian Pawnell, TribeVest helps them all make it happen. If you want to hear more about stories about TribeVest's customers, just check out TribeVest's YouTube channel. And if you're already ready to start investing as a group, head on over to TribeVest.com today. I have two or three different Excel spreadsheets that each have 50 different sheets in them. And they're all trying to talk to each other and argue with each other and figure out what is what. And I mean, tracking my investments is a struggle. And so at Left Field Investors, we developed our own tool to track portfolio tracker. And we just never got it to where it was very good. Like it was okay, but it wasn't very good. So what were the factors that you really focused on when you were starting Visor to make sure that it would allow people like us who are investing in passive investments, right? Real estate syndications, that it would really apply to us. And then I think secondarily, there's other stuff. You can manage all of your stuff on Visor, right? But the focus for me and for you is finding a solution to our problem, which is Excel spreadsheets that are just too cumbersome. So what were you focusing on? Our vision is to sort of add three elements to Visor. Well, the first is automation. So automating as much of the tracking process as possible automating sort of the fact of understanding what I have today, what I had in the past and what I'll have in the future, and then tracking those going forward. And then there's the insights or like, all right, raising flags if things are happening as planned or not, 
performance-wise and letting me know capital calls and distributions and stuff like that. And the third one is sort of the benchmarking side of things, comparing you to what other people are doing, showing you that transparent data of, of performance. So those are basically the three elements of what we're trying to build advisor. The first one is obviously the one that is supposed to replace the spreadsheets. Essentially, you can just throw the, your current spreadsheet into Visor, and then it's translated into data, and then everything's set up for you already in Visor system. And then once that's set up, then you can sort of understand each investment, where your position is, where it should have been, and where it will be in the future. And then if you link in your bank account that you're supposed to receive distributions or to pay more capital calls or your investment, you can just link that into Visor as well. And then Visor automatically tracks the performance of that cash flow. It lets you know if you're on track or not, if the distribution was missed. Like one of the things that we get like over the years, you receive these emails from the sponsors or operators of updates and distributions or updates of stuff or K1s. And essentially the idea for us is that you won't have to log that in. You just forward it to Visor and it's updated automatically in your Visor account, right? So it's not just replacing the spreadsheet. It's sort of replacing it, but adding on a ton of value on top of it is essentially what we're trying to achieve. And obviously, as you mentioned, adding in, if you're already tracking your real estate syndications, your private equity, your banks and stuff like that, we want to give you the ability to track everything else as well. But yeah, for sure, we're focused from the get-go on, on those sort of more alternative private placements for real estate and private equity. And what type of metrics can we track? Like, is it cash on cash return? Is it IRR? What are other choices? Or is it flexible enough that you can highlight one thing and take another thing and not pay attention to it? So we're adding metrics as we go forward and speaking with all of our customers and users like you and, and others. Like, just for example, put the metrics aside. Like one of the things that we've just implemented is one of the things that you really ask for is sort of like the ownership percentage, the ability to sort of add in an investment, but also define my percentage of that investment so that it can be tracked easily, also understanding the whole picture and also my position. So that's sort of like just one aspect that we're always like improving and adding more functionality based on the community. But from a metric standpoint, we're very much focused now on cash on cash, IRR, ROI, both from a year-to-day perspective, from an annual perspective, and from an annualized perspective, just because to give you that ability to compare what you plan and what's actually happening. And it's a work in progress, right? These are things that need to be perfected and improved. There are people that, for example, like the IRR on its own is like, we have people that want the IRR, but others are saying, hey, I want the XIRR, which is even going deeper into the performance tracking process. And then there are others that don't even know what the hell IRR means. Yeah, I think that's the rock that we died on was the IRR because we couldn't figure out how to calculate it automatically. We tried to do it at the portfolio level, at the asset level, and it was just a disaster. And we kind of just gave up. And that's when we ran into Visor. And then I looked at your platform and I thought, why am I trying to make this myself? These guys really know what they're doing. And you mentioned group investing, and that was a real important thing for me because I am involved with TribeVest, and so we have a lot of group investments. And to be able to stop doing a calculation before I make an entry is going to be pretty fantastic. If the distribution is 100 bucks and I own 12% of that investment, that 12 bucks is going to show up rather than I have to calculate it. So that's huge. Now, you are going to link to other financial institutions, right? So I can link a brokerage account, a bank. And at some point, I think you mentioned we'll be able to link directly to the platforms of the syndicators or the sponsors that are sending us distributions. We already link to 17,000 financial institutions in the US through Plaid, which is a pretty known sort of aggregator. And we're adding more aggregators as we speak to give more coverage. But 
the more sort of like private placement portals aren't big enough for these big aggregators to integrate with. And so we're building our own integrations to them. So not many people know, but like these GPs, they're about 50,000 GPs in the US that do real estate private equity stuff from 10 LPs to 1,000 LPs. And now there are software companies that offer these GPs, they're, they're called fund administrators or GPLP relationship platforms, like white label solutions where a company like, I don't know, whatever, Ashcroft purchases this software from Juniper Square, which is one of those fund administrators. And then when you want to log into Ashcroft's portal, you're going to actually use Juniper Square to do that. And so we're building integrations through Juniper Square to all the funds that use Juniper Square so that we can then automate the process of retrieving data from all those funds. And then like Juniper Square, there's about 30 other of those fund administrators that we want to integrate with, again, with the objective to automate as much as possible from the process. Yeah, and that's great. The automation, I mean, I go back and forth on that, right? Because I love it if it just does it for me. But I also, I still cling to my Excel spreadsheet because when that distribution comes in, I want to type it in so that I know that it got there and I have that money. At the same time, in 2022, I shouldn't have to go look at my bank statement and type stuff into another program to make sure that the data gets in there. So one of the things I really like about Visor is they, it pops up right and tells you, hey, you missed a distribution. And that gives me a little bit of peace of mind because I haven't figured out how to make my Excel spreadsheet remind me of anything. Listen, don't get me wrong. Excel is an amazing product, right? And it just, when it reaches that limit where you just become enslaved by maintaining it. And so that's when we just moved over to build ourselves a software to, to automate that. And that makes sense, right? And I'm still enslaved a little bit to it and, and I'm clinging, like I can't give it up. And I don't want to sound like too much of a fanboy here, but when I saw the visor software and the platform and what it was capable of, it really told me that this is legit and it I haven't dug in too much to the stuff outside of the passive investing the real estate. But can you talk about what other functionality, like I know we're going to be able to enter our distributions and the pro forma. So we know like our distributions, what they're supposed to be for these passive investments. What about all the other stuff? My pre-IPO, my stock market, mutual funds, brokerage, Bitcoin, crypto, all the other stuff. Do I have to go to someplace else for that or can I do it all in Visor? Yeah. So essentially you can do it all in Visor. We're sort of enhancing the capabilities in order to do that better. So like today, you can already integrate your Robinhood or TD Ameritrade, interactive brokers or whatever you use, Fidelity, Schwab or whatever. You can already integrate that into Visor as well. Coinbase and Gemini and all the crypto exchanges, like many crypto exchanges as well. So you can integrate those into Visor. You can add in your Carta account if you're invested in startups. You can also integrate that. And you can also add all that stuff manually as well. If you don't want to link anything in, you can just manually input the stuff and or just throw in the documentation of those deals and then it'll be translated and set up for you. So yeah, so we're focused across the board. Like you can add your loans, your credit cards, you can add in your obviously brokerage accounts, long-term savings, whatever you want, you can add. Again, essentially it needs to be as holistic as possible so that you'll get the most value out of it. Now you mentioned documents and I know because I've used the site that there is a magic box that I can just throw a PDF or an Excel spreadsheet in and I go to bed and wake up in the morning and all of a sudden the investments are populated. So can you talk about what that is? And is it AI or is it people backstage kind of massaging the data? Because it comes out, you still have to check it and make sure that everything came in right. But in my limited experience so far, it comes in more right than it does wrong. We launched the magic box about a month ago. 
with, again, the premise to try and give more value to our users where they can just throw everything into the platform. At the moment, the data is anonymized and then inputted by a team of analysts in our office. And as we move forward, we're teaching the system to do as much of it as automated as possible. And there's still documents that we can do automated from today, but other documents will probably stay manual moving forward. So yeah, but it is a work in progress and the team is still, there's a learning curve to perfect the input of data. One of the important things I like to emphasize about around that point is privacy and security, right? Because that's like one of the things that pops into mind when you think about those like financial data and even linking accounts and adding data. So first of all, this might sound like a cliche, but because like we have military in our DNA, like everything from the public website all the way to the data that's inputted is at the highest level of security and privacy. So like we anonymize data, it's very limited access. Everything is super encrypted. We pay companies to try and hack our website and data and then show us where we're vulnerable and fix it. Even though we're not required by law to do so, we like go above and beyond to ensure that we're as secure as possible. Like even more than bank level security style is what we talk about. And so like we've had users come up and ask us like, why do you have the multi-factor authentication when I log in? It drives me crazy. And we're like, I mean, you don't want us to get rid of that. That's what's protecting your data, that multi-factor authentication side. So security and privacy is just, I just wanted to really emphasize that point is super, super important for us. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I do get annoyed, I have to admit, by the two-factor, but it does protect, I mean, everything I have financially is going to be in there. And it's not that someone could transact through Visor, even if they did get in, but they would have all of my financial information. And that is something that I would prefer to keep to myself. So I don't mind uh, typing in six digits. It is actually one of the easier two-factor IDs. I have others that are much more complicated. So, and that's good. I was going to ask you about the privacy issue. I'd also, you mentioned that there's going to be some community aspects of it. And I know you're anonymizing data, how does the privacy and the community sharing, how do they interact? Now, you said I could opt in or opt out. If I opt out, do I still get to see the results or is that saved for people that opt in? How does that whole process work with the security and what the community will be able to do? First of all, just again, to put things into context, the community is not up and running yet. We hope to launch that in about a month. And when it does launch, it'll be anonymous. You'll be able to opt out. And we're still trying to think like what access you'll have if you opt out. Because I mean, it just, it's like, if you opt out, it's a question like, would it be fair to show you everyone else's data that decided to opt in? Probably not, right? So that's the the way we think about that. And even when you do opt in, because the data is anonymized, like no one will see who shared the data. They'll just see the aggregate amount of people that invested with a specific fund and maybe the performance of that fund versus the target that people expected from a calculated average perspective. So that's the way we see the privacy aspect of the community and even sort of chatting between each other around those investments will also just be based on like we're thinking about just initials. So you won't see who you're speaking with. If you want to expose it, you can go private and then chat with whoever you want to chat with. And then it's like it's on your responsibility to sort of disclose who you really are, but you will not have to do any of that. I think that's a great way to look at it. And I like the community part. And again, selfishly coming from left field investors, will there be the ability to label a community so that you have the broad visor community, which is everybody, hopefully everybody will opt in and we can all share that data, but then have a subgroup like left field investors or one of these other investment communities to be able to check a box and say, hey, I'm part of this community. And now you could aggregate just our data and share it with it. Because we spend a lot of time surveying our community and trying to find out where they invest so we can make partnerships that will help make it better for them. 
So to accentuate the benefits of this type of thing, are you going to be able to have these sub-communities? For sure. Yeah, it's definitely something we're thinking about, how to give more value to each member of the specific communities that are out there. And there's a ton of communities, right? And we want to make sure they get the value they deserve. So for sure. Again, it's still like a concept we're developing. It hasn't gone down to the drawing table or it's in the drawing table. It hasn't gone down to develop, down to developing yet, but definitely an aspect we're thinking about. Yeah. And one of the things that I've really enjoyed, because you can probably tell, and I know you know that I'm just so excited about this because as I said, we tried to build it and could it, and I'm glad we didn't because we found something better. So one of the best things I like is how well you guys do with feedback, right? As you know, I have inundated your staff with pages of feedback and you guys have implemented almost every change I've given or at least discussed it with me and said, yes, this works or that doesn't and here's why. So is that going to be ongoing where you are willing to listen to the community and actually make those changes? Because that is a fantastic feature that you guys do. A hundred percent. Yeah. First of all, I mean, don't take this the wrong way. Your feedback is amazing, but we're going to always vet and check if one person's feedback matches the rest of them just to make sure we're building something that the majority of the community would use. So your feedback is just totally on point and that's why it's been put down to building. And we've also added sort of a feedback feature with Invisor where you can then vote for features that other people have recommended. It's an integral part of the product at the moment. We're building this, like I said, for people like us and we want to hear what people like us are experiencing in the product so that we can build the best product possible to bring the most value possible. And we'll probably get to this. And like, we're not building this to just because like we're building this because we need it and we think it brings a ton of value. But at the end of the day, like we'll need it to maintain it, right? And we're going to start charging for it. And we want to make sure that we only start charging for it when the product brings that amazing amount of value. And so in order to bring that amazing amount of value, we need to be very much close to our community of users and listen to you guys and us as well as we build it so that when we do charge, it'll be that point where this is such an amazing platform. It brings so much value. I mean, I'd love to pay for it because I don't want them to sell my data. I don't want them to have any conflict of interest. I want it to be a platform that's built for me and you and others like us. You've nailed it. You know, I'm a big fan. I've already said whatever it costs, I'll pay it because I've already gotten the value out of it and I love it. And I know we don't want to make this all about how awesome Visor is, but I'll save that for the end comments because I really do love it. So the last question I always ask on the podcast is what is a great podcast you listen to? To be honest, I listen to NPR a lot, to the TED Radio Hour and how I built this just because that's like, I'm in innovation, right? And building stuff. And so that's super interesting to me. And I listen to you. You're probably, I think, one of the only podcasts I do listen to in the real estate investing space. I listen to the Real Estate Brothers and sort of Passive Income. I remember the whole name of it and a bunch of others, but mainly sort of I listen to things that are more in, in my world. That makes sense. So I've listened to the NPR stuff. That, that's good stuff. So thank you very much for that. And the last question is, if listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? You can email me, litanadvisor.co. You can link on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or through the website. You can just log in and through intercom. We have this big blue button on the bottom right. And it either reaches me or my team. And so feel free. I, I love to chat. Okay. And this will probably go live in August. So will there be an opportunity to participate in Visor and go to the website and put in your data? Or is it still, is it public yet? I guess is the question. So we launched Visor in, as a public beta three, four weeks ago. So anyone at the moment can log in and play around with it. It's free of charge at the moment. And so, yeah, play around with it. Let us know if you have like any feedback you have. We'd love to hear about it. Probably August, September, 
we're going to probably start testing monetization because at that point, we're going to already have the community aspect as well. So yeah, anyone can sign up now, play around with it and let us know what you guys think. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. This has been fantastic. I'm really pleased that left field investors can be partners with Visor. I think it's a great platform. It's going to be a great community. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. This was amazing. appreciate it. Hi, left fielders. I'm Matt Piccini. My journey from actor to full-time investor and operator of thousands of apartment units has taught me a lot about what goes on behind the scenes of a deal. I'm here to share my insider's knowledge of passive investing with you, helping you make informed decisions about how to invest your hard-earned cash, put your money to work where it can make a positive impact, and write your own story. Head on over to Pacheni.com where you can book a free strategy session with me to learn more about my approach to real estate investing. That's P-I-C-H-E-N-Y.com. I really like talking to Litan and the other advisor. I think they just do a phenomenal job. And I try to minimize the fanboy part of it, but I just love the software. I love the platform. So I can't quite help myself. But the origin story is super interesting to me. He talked about his insane spreadsheet and he's probably way better at Excel than I am, but I also have some insane spreadsheets and everything running all around. And like I said in the interview, we tried to develop something in the infield for left field investors tracker like this. It was too hard. We weren't successful. And then when we found these guys, that, and that's essentially their only purpose for being a company is to find a solution for real estate syndication investors. I couldn't be more excited about it. I really think it's awesome. He made money on an exit from another startup and wanted to invest on his own. And I think that's the spirit of left field investors and other communities is what's a little bit of a do-it-yourself mentality. Yeah, we're going to use our community for all the help, for the education, for the networking to learn from. But in the end, we're going to pull the trigger on our own or in our group tribe. And so I think wanting to be in that space where you're managing your own money and not putting it with a wealth advisor who in general is mostly just going to throw you to the stock market. I think there's a lot of balance here with what Visor is doing and with what Left Field Investors is doing. We're empowering investors to get out of the stock market, get out of Wall Street, get out of speculation and get into investing, which is what real estate is to me. And for this platform, the LPs, the limited partners, we are the focus of this platform. That's why they built it. The add-ons will be what every other wealth management tool is doing, which is the stock market stuff, the managing your expenses and all of that, the budgeting, they're going to have all that. And I've seen a lot of it and it's phenomenal. But the focus and the start and the purpose starts at how do we service LP investors? And I've seen it and it's great. They do a good job of that. Another one of their focuses, security and privacy. Sometimes I think I'm too easy to give up some of my data. And so in an app like this, no one can really steal anything from you money-wise, they can steal data, but because they can't transact in Visor, but they still have higher than bank protection on their security and privacy. So it gives you a lot of comfort and they have a lot of opt-ins. So you don't have to share your information with the community. I really hope people do because it will really enhance the whole thing to see what other people are investing in and see the results of it, but you don't have to. So I cannot say enough positive things about Visor. They really do a good job. I have sent them pages and pages of feedback and they have made almost every change or said they are coming and the changes come fast. The amount that it's improved in the couple of months I've been working on it 
is amazing and it'll just keep improving. So I can't recommend them enough. I'm a big fan. So go check it out. www.visor.com and judge it for yourself. And that's all we have for today. We'll see you next time in the left field. Thanks for hanging out in left field with us today. If you're interested in becoming a left fielder, you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email, jim at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.